Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, that's your Father. Waymaker, miracle worker, whatever you have need of, as a matter of fact. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be able to be in church on Wednesday night? I love Wednesday night church. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Because he is a waymaker and a promise keeper, we look at the promises that he made, whether it pertains to healing or deliverance or his advent to come in this day and break his word open or his presence to come and take a bride out of here or come back in the millennium, whichever promise it is, we believe it because we're believers. That's what we do. Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Again, we'll take you back tonight to the physical departure of our Lord Jesus from the earth. And remember what's going up. It is not a theophany. It is not a spirit. It is not a body that will disappear. Although I sat with a message preacher on an airplane probably 27 years ago, him telling me that whenever the Lord Jesus went up, his theophany went out of the body and his body fell back down to the ground and rotted and went back to dust. Now, there are some in our ranks who feel like that they have found this new revelation that is so wonderful and so profound and it's so new that 1963 was the second coming. I've been standing against that lie for over 30 years. As a matter of fact, there's a man preached it in my church in Kentucky over 30 years ago, and I'm still the pastor down there. Whenever he got done, I dismissed church. We walked outside in the foyer, everybody. I confronted him in front of everybody there. Why? Lies. Hmm? Hey. I carry Band-Aids, I carry Methylate, Mercurochrome, Iodine, but I also carry a sword. And I do know how to use it. And we will fight if need be. Now, not like this, but with the sword. So, to me, looking at what God's Word said, this is the Jesus I'm looking for. And I realize it's old-fashioned and it's spiritualized and all that sort of thing, but... As believers, this is what we believe, right? Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Now listen carefully. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven, this kind of Sort of, uh, maybe perhaps um, a little something similar. No, this same Jesus. This same Jesus. So, okay, get in your mind now. We have this glorified 
human-looking body, which is now glorified with eternal life. It's eaten fish and honeycomb. It's walked through walls. It's done all kinds of wonderful things, seen by the apostles, seen by 500 at one time, Luke tells us in the book of Acts. So we see him come up, go up. Now his body's raised up off the earth and enveloped into a cloud. All right? Now let's move that over. Now we come out into Arizona, and what we see up here is a cloud that's shaped that looks sort of like a head. It's not the same. Really, Harry, are you sure now? You're awful confident about that. Now, it was not a cloud that went away. A cloud took him away. But it was a glorified body. So what happened in 1963 was not a glorified body. So that's why I say I'm still looking for the body. This same Jesus, which is taken up for you into heaven, shall, notice now, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So what will come back? A glorified human body. A body that can eat. A body that will actually sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb with us. And drink the wine anew in the Father's kingdom. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for your precious word. We're so grateful, Lord Jesus, that you had your great, great word of God written down for us. And we know that Luke was the one who penned this. And it was written several, no, actually several decades, actually, the event took place. But you allowed Luke, no doubt, to be able to go back and find many of the eyewitnesses that were there that day, because there were several that were still alive by the time Luke wrote it. We thank you for having this pinned down for us. This is the only place in the New Testament that it's actually written to say it this way. You knew scoffers would come. You knew that they would be here down through the ages. But we're so grateful that you had it written for us, Lord Jesus, so we would be able to throw it right back in the devil's face. But we would also have a hope that nothing in the world would be able to take away from us. This is what we're looking for. Speak to us tonight from your word, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, it might seem strange to some people why that in and around the Word of God for the hour, that there would be an attack on one of the greatest things that is the basis of our faith, and that is the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, you know, for a lot of folks, they look into the Bible and they read passages like this. They read 1 Thessalonians 4. They read other places, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. And they read places there and say, well, it's just as plain as it can be. I mean, the Bible says that he's going to come back. Why would people have a problem with that? And why would you all be having to deal with this in, in what you believe? Well, you know, there's many reasons, of course, but the simplest is this, because this message brings an understanding of the coming of the Lord that the denominational view never introduces to their people. It has to do with the seventh seal, the opening of the word, the manifestation of the third pull. Most denominational people don't even have a clue about what I just said. 
So naturally, if there is an enlightenment or an understanding about the coming of the Lord or the mystery of the coming of the Lord, then Satan is going to come around and attack that very thing. Now you look and you study, especially if you're versed and you know a lot of the things that are going on outside of our four walls, and it's amazing how many of the basic principles that have been restored back by the ministry of Malachi 4 that are being attacked by someone in, in supposedly the auspices of this very same message. So when you understand what Satan does and the way he moves, it's not really a mystery. So it shouldn't be a mystery then, Brother Terry, that something as great and wonderful as this is, the coming of the Lord, would not be attacked. And it has been actually for many, many years. But let me just reassure you tonight that this is not something new. Now, in studying on the millennium, I've mentioned it to you some that there are several views of millennialism, as it is called, a millennialist, post-millennialist, pre-millennialist. Many of you, to, to use Greek, you don't even know what it even means. But yet, there are people who believe that the millennium is totally and completely spiritual. So all the scriptures that I've been reading to you to be able to prove to you that there will be a natural millennium kingdom, all of those who believe that the millennium is spiritual. They spiritualize every one of these scriptures that I've been reading to you. Now, for some around the message, they do the same thing. They believe that we're in the millennium and they preach that the millennium is already going on right now and they think that it's something brand new. Well, I hate to tell them, but actually it originated in the fourth century and it come from, guess who? The Catholic Church. I think it's real fitting myself. And it shows the spirit of Catholicism is right inside this message. Now, it did not begin with the apostles. As a matter of fact, we may deal with this weekend of statements from Polycarp and many of the first, second, and third century uh, men, uh, the leaders of those days, who set forth and believed that the millennium was actually a natural, literal kingdom. But it was with priests and with popes under Catholicism that actually began to the first ones that began to preach that the millennium was a spiritual kingdom. Kingdom, and actually that it would be the Catholic Church would conquer the entire world under Catholicism and this would be the millennium. Now if you look at that real close you find that some of the preachers in this message are not too far off from that very same alignment of thinking and projecting then that we are the seventh seal, we are the blood, we are this, we are that, we're all this other stuff. So there's saying it was message terms what because Catholics preached in the 4th century 331 and around, around in their AD so it's not something new at all it's been around for a long long time but we know then that Satan because of the resurging of the understanding of the coming of the Lord. Now when I talk about that, I'm not just saying of the denominational view that whenever the, uh, the Lord appears in the rapture that there will be millions of people leave and 
There will be planes that will crash and there will be all kinds of things and you go out here to the graveyard across the street here, the road, and there will be graves open everywhere. That's not even the view that the Bible teaches. But yet because somewhat of what the denominational people view, then many of the message people get it in their mind that the truth has to be a million miles away from anything they believe. Well, I know it may rock your boat a little bit, but they do have a little bit of truth about a lot of stuff. They do believe in God. They do believe in heaven. They do believe in hell. They may have the beginning point wrong and the terminating point wrong, but they do have some truth. So just because they do believe something don't mean that we've got to go 857 million miles this way because anything they believe is wrong. No, the seventh angel was sent to gather the loose ends and to be able to pull what truths they did have. So some people, in order to be right, they think, well, whatever they believe, we've got to be so far out, and you're opening yourself up for enticing spirits when you do that. So we want to be able to believe everything that the Word of God teaches. Myself, I'm a child of truth. I have no problem in saying what Luther said that was the truth. I have no problem in saying what Wesley said that was the truth. I have no problem in saying what Clarence Larkin said, which was the truth. As a matter of fact, you'll find the prophet of God quoting many of those people word for word. Now, I know some of you message people can't handle that. You think he got everything directly from God. No, some of it come from his books in his library because I've seen them. And I've seen them highlighted and I've read them myself. That don't, that don't devaluate him. It means that God allowed him to go through there and pull them truths out. My goodness, some message people nearly have a stroke when they find out. Brother Branham quoted something from Clarence Larkin. He was a Trinitarian Pentecostal. Well, what difference does that make? Solomon was a backslid the Hebrew, but yet God used him and we still quote what he had to say. Come on, David was an adulterer and everything else. We still quote the Psalms, don't we? Amen. But the inspiration they received from God was absolutely right. Now, the mystery of the coming of the Lord, because it is revealed in mystery form, then there was enlightenment brought to us on the opening of the seals that made the coming of the Lord, of course, it is mystery, but it made the coming of the Lord different from anything that we'd ever seen. Jesus told us in Luke 21, 36, Pray ye therefore that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. But there was an advent in the coming of the Lord that we never understood, of course, until the restoration of the original faith. And I told you whenever the New Testament was written that they would use words like parousia and they would use other words as phanereo and they would use words as, as apocalypsis and yet the English word might be comes or coming and we got it all that it was all meaning the same thing. But it was not meaning the same thing at all. As a matter of fact, you'll find the prophet tell us in 1958 that there is a difference between the coming of the Lord and the appearing of the Lord. And he said he has been appearing and been revealing himself in the appearing of the Lord for several years. So there's actually an appearing of the Lord even before the seals were ever open. But it was something that definitely happened when the seals come open. Because it was to bring us back to the fullness of our inheritance. That's why the devil 
devil's fighting us with everything he's got right now to stop you from getting your place in the kingdom of God. Now, if he can't stop the preachers from preaching it, he'll try to stop you from coming to church when they do. Or if you do come to church, he'll try to make sure that you're so burdened down and so loaded down with the problems at work and the problems at home and the problems in your family that you get 10%, 20%, 30% of what preach because you're sitting there and your mind is just in a whirl. Your spirit is in a whirl. Don't you understand? When you're fighting that, that ought to let you know how he values the word you're fixing to hear. You ever fight them battles when you go to the grocery store? You ever fight them battles, sisters, and you go shopping for a dress? Oh, you may do that trying to find a decent one. <laughs> you may do that trying to find a decent skirt because they're all so ungodly. But what's some of your greatest battles? Come into the house of God. And then when you get there, the battle ain't over. My, it just seems like it really starts. You think, what in the world's going on? You ought to be smart enough by now to know, Lord have mercy. God must have really given our pastor or whoever's going to preach tonight. There must be something straight from heaven. I've been fighting hell all day long. I tell you, the kids have thrown a fit. This has went wrong. That went wrong. Had a flat tar. This happened. That happened. You ought to say, praise God. We're going to have a meeting tonight. Amen. Well, Satan fights us that way. Now, the illumination of the coming of the Lord, to bring it, of course, first of all, to show us that God was going to reveal himself in the, in the form of three sons' names. Sons of God, Son of David, of course, and Son of Man. And we know the appearance of the Son of Man is prophetic. God used that, of course, in the Old Testament. He identified Daniel as that, Ezekiel, some more than others. But it was a manifestation of God revealing himself to the prophets as the voice come to Ezekiel and said son of man write this son of man look at that son of man do you see this uh, Daniel and others the same way and when the Lord Jesus come he come and identified himself as son of man as a matter of fact he made more personal references to himself as son of man than he did son of God only very few that he actually called himself son of God so it shows us that it was a dispensational claim same as son of David when the Gentiles heard that title used as son of David and the woman asked him, said, son of David this, son of David that. He never even answered her a word. But when Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me, he was a Jew. So he had a dispensational claim on him, even though he had the error wrong, the dispensational claim was right. So he said, son of David, have mercy on me. So he was able to make that claim being a Jew. Now Jesus, of course, is revealing what he's going to do later in Luke 17.30. As it was in the days of Sodom, thus shall it be when the Son of Man is revealed. So the Son of Man now is going to be revealed again, which is a future tense. Now then he comes and he tells us when the Son of Man is revealed, in the next couple of verses down there, he said, remember Lot's wife. So he tells us to remember Lot's wife after the Son of Man has been revealed. So Jesus is, is catching the setting in the book of Genesis, which was what? A potential revealing of the Son of Man before Abraham. So it was a coming of the person of Christ in the form of theophany. 
So then Abraham is there in the tent door and God and two angels come down and it was God in a supernatural manifestation in a temporary human body and the theophany of God Christ stepped into this human body with Gabriel and Michael as they come down and then whenever God got done with that body then the body may have, sure enough, it may have disintegrated went back to the earth because it was not designed and created to be the permanent residence of God in flesh. So Jesus now he likens this. He said, now when the Son of Man comes, remember Lot's wife. So it was after the Son of Man discerned Sarah's heart. Remember it was the Son of Man that came to Abraham and Sarah. The Son of Man never went to Sodom. Now folks get mad at me and many other message preachers because I just preach to message people. Well, let me just straighten that out for you, okay? I haven't had any Church of God folks to invite me lately. I haven't had any apostolic people to invite me lately. If you run into a Catholic priest and he tells you, hey, I'd like for your pastor to come down and preach for me, let me know. I'll go at least once. If you run into any Methodist preachers or Church of God or apostolic that wants me to come and preach for them, I'd be glad to go. Y'all be there with me to catch me when they throw me out. But I am preaching to whom I am sent to. God never went to Sodom. Almighty God never went down there. The merciful, loving, almighty God. But he never darkened the door to Sodom. But he sent the angels down there to Sodom. Is that right? But yet it was a coming of the Lord. But it was not the coming of Isaiah 9-6. It was not the coming of Zechariah 7. It was not the coming of Zechariah 14-1. It was not the coming of Isaiah 35-3. It was not the coming that the prophets have said, uh, Zechariah 6-12. But it was a coming or an appearing of the Lord, Phanereal, which is a visible manifestation of God. And then God comes, he relays the message. Abraham has a a steak sandwich with him, drinks a little bit of milk, has a little bit of fellowship. Then God goes right back up into heaven. Then, of course, they go down to Sodom and they visit Lot and his wife. And then remember, it was after this that Jesus takes this type after the revealing of the Son of Man. And he said, now the Son of Man's going to come back. And after he does, remember Lot's wife. Now, this is a very dangerous scenario because Lot and his wife had at one time followed the message of the hour. And they left the prophet and his message and they went back to Sodom and they felt more comfortable living amongst, amongst the homosexuals than they did living with Abraham and his holiness group up there. Well, praise the Lord. Then Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. So now this was a scenario of the coming of the Lord that myself and probably most of you never even took into consideration. So it took a prophet of God to be able to go in there, not to bring something new now, not to add something to the word, but to go straight in to what the word said. And God used that gift and it illuminated or shone light on what was already laying there. It had been for 2,000 years. So it was an enlightenment of the coming of the Lord. Then as he went on and he began to see himself, the coming of the Lord become more real to him. Did he preach? And it had still hold on that 
there was a literal coming. Yes. Did his own view of the coming of the Lord advance from what it was whenever he was a Baptist? Absolutely. All you got to do is follow him in the progression of God as you say to the word. But after this great event transpired in 1963, did our prophet stop? Did he stop looking and preaching? And teaching the people that there was a literal advent, a corporal body, a literal manifestation of our Lord Jesus. I'll answer it for you because you're afraid to. No, he did not. As a matter of fact, he mentions the word rapture. Not just raptured, rapturing, and all the other forms of it. But the single word rapture, he mentions it 215 times after the seals are preached. Not one of those times does he say that it is in the past or that it has already taken place. Well, praise the Lord. Now, you know, myself, maybe I'm simple. I know I am. I know I'm classified as that. Someone came to our church some time ago visiting us from another church, and this person went to a place where they preached that the rapture has already happened. It's spiritual, of course. And they believe the, the millennium has already happened, and it's spiritual. And this person was here for three or four services, and they left, and, and they went back home and talking to people, you know, about how it was at Happy Valley and all that. And they said, Brother Donnie's a good man. Well, I appreciated that. They could have said I was a bad man. But they said, oh, Brother Don, he's a good man. But you know, the main problem that I have with his preaching is that he puts so much stuff in the future. Well, you know, my desire is, I found out a long time ago, that God's word has tense. Now, it has past tense, present tense, and future tense. Now, you can misplace God's word by placing it in the wrong tense. So you could take a promise which lays in the future and say it's past tense. And when you do, you have dislocated the word of God. So it'd be like taking my arm off right here and sticking it right here and sewing it to my mouth. Now, let me ask you something. How would you like for me to come out of the office here next week and be like this? How y'all doing? What's the matter, Saint? Y'all got a problem with that? Huh? Now, this is a new thing. I, I think everybody in the church ought to do this. Well, what's the difference in it being attached there and being attached there? It's ugly some of y'all's faces. It might actually add to it. I know it would mine. What? God didn't mean for it to be attached like that. It was attached where God meant it to be. Now, if I change the tense of it, I have dislocated that part of the body. So, now, whenever then that, that, that this dear person, of course, said, well, Brother Donnie thinks the rapture's in the future. I do. I'm guilty. Brother Donnie actually thinks that the millennium's in the future. I do. Because that's where I see the same prophet of God that God entrusted with the understanding of the coming of the Lord, the opening of the seal, serpent seed, on and on and on and on and on. That's where I see him intense-wise placing the rapture, the millennium, the coming of the Lord, so on and so on. So he didn't take it off of here and stick it up here. He did not take the foot. Now, can you imagine having your stinking foot and put it right up here? Now, I don't know about you. I do put mine in my mouth often enough, but at least I've got enough sense to take it out. But now, wouldn't it look really weird if it was attached up here on my face and now it was my toes, Brother West? And yeah, I mean, I don't care how much you loved me. Every time you saw me, you would break out dying laughing. 
And I'm sorry, I love you, but if your toes and your foot was set up here, I would laugh at you too, I'm sorry. Why? It's in the wrong place. So when we take the coming of the Lord, the millennium, many of these things, and sow it some other place than where God's word placed it, it's like putting a foot up here or a hand up here or you know, whatever more. It belongs where God put it. Oh my, I'll tell you, I don't think preachers understand what a dangerous thing it is when they misplace the tense of God's word. Now, what we looked at then was what the angels had to say, that this coming of the Lord Jesus was a literal, visible return of a corporal body. So a theophany would not qualify. An angelic visitation of a man walking out. Now I realize there's some folks in the message that believe that the angel of God that come to the prophet in the cave in Green's Mill, that they believe when he's in that fishing cabin there, they believe that was the Lord Jesus. That is totally, completely wrong. It is error. This man was a man who weighed about 200 pounds, olive complexion, dark hair to the shoulder. When he saw the Lord Jesus, he was a thin man, small man, weigh about 140 pounds, no dark complexion, total different man. As a matter of fact, he identifies the angel that come to him, and he said that he was a minor angel. He says it over and over and over again. He calls him a minor angel. It was not the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, the pillar of fire, now that's a different thing altogether. I don't want to go that way. We'll be here 40 days and 40 nights. Now, remember when we're talking about the Godhead, that God can reveal himself in angelic form. God come down the form of a bush. God reveal himself in a cloud. God can reveal himself. God be with us. 1961, the prophet said, can you go this? A theophany in a man. So we know God could do that. Now, I hope this don't shake you too bad. But if God would be able in form of theophany, in the form of Christ, the Logos, to be able to create a body, a temporary body, liver, kidney, thighs, you know, all these things that's in the human body, God would speak it into existence. The theophany, if God could step into that, use it for an hour or so or two hours, be able to eat, be able to drink, bat his eyes, hear, listen, speak, talk, all that. And then God get done with it, step out of it, and drop back down, decompose, go back to the dust of the earth. I'd I personally don't have a problem in seeing that my God could be able to step in a man's body which has been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus and use that body to break the seals. Amen. <laughs> hey well, is one pile of red clay more sanctified than another pile of red clay? Hey Amen. So God could be able to use that. But then we'd say, well, that was the coming of the Lord. It was. It was a coming of the Lord. But that would not qualify to fulfill what the angel said in the book of Acts here. Now, whenever we move into the coming of the Lord, when we move from Luther to Wesley to Pentecost, and they kept seeing. Now, the coming of the Lord, if you understand the coming of the Lord, you know that it was opening more. It wasn't just justification, sanctification, and the restoration of gifts. But there was a mystery about the coming of the Lord. When's he going to come and how's he going to come? And Satan sent forth all these different ones that was prophesying. He's going to come down on Hamburger Mountain. I'm not making that up. That's a real place. And he's going to come down on Hamburger Mountain on a certain, certain day. And then this is going to happen. Why? Because the advent of the coming of the Lord. He didn't know what it was, but apparently something in heaven was stirring. 
and he began to see something was fixing to happen so he started sending forth these false things that would upset the minds of the people so whenever Elijah did come you realize that John Alexander Dowie of course claimed to be Elijah uh, started the city of Zion Illinois buried in Elijah's robe there was many Elijahs before brother Ben came hadn't that amazing how the devil began to watch the timeline of God and saw that that was near now you realize the same thing that this resurgence then is trying to bring the error in and around our ranks to where we don't look for the coming of the Lord no more that if you're not looking for it what does it make you do it's not going to make you on fire it's not going to make you burn up you saying, well praise God he ain't coming so I guess we can just do whatever we want to do you ever seen anybody that really didn't believe Jesus is coming back on fire and full of the Holy Ghost that's our exact opposites so apparently if this is resurging the coming must be closer than we thought because if Satan can't stop us one way or another by besetting sins or by trouble and whatever more around our lives, then you try to bring error around us so that it not, you know, it begins to work on our hope. This is the only hope we have, friends, is the coming of the Lord Jesus. Our hope is not in our money. Our hope is not in our country. Our hope is not in our politics. It's not in Happy Valley. It is not in your pastor as a man. It is in the coming of the Lord Jesus. So then if preachers take that hope away from us, what's it going to make us do? You can let them have your hope if you want to. Ain't getting mine. I'm more hopeful now than I've ever been. I read this to you last Wednesday night. Let me read it again. Three kinds of believers. That's the reason I do believe that when the bride is called. Now notice the dates of these because none of these I'm going to read you are pre-63 seals. 11-24-63. When the bride is called out and elected, said in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that will take such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that will take her from the earth in a rapture and grace. Notice all this future now. So now then if we say and we take the tense of this quote and we try to make it past tense, you stuck your foot in your mouth. You've got your hand sewed up here to the side of your nose. That's not what he said. Right. God promised it. Don't care how many signs, how many astronauts they signed up, everything else, how many million miles they can see. I don't care nothing about that. There is a heaven. There is a literal Jesus Christ there that will. Now notice the tense of this word. Not has. But yet he has. But not this one. (laughs) Well, Donnie, I think you're crazy. I think I am too. I know I am to this world. And I don't want that. You're not leaving here unless you become crazy too. Oh, Brother Donnie, it sounds like the way you explained it is that you believe he's come, but he's coming. That's exactly what I believe. That's exactly what I believe. He has come, but he is coming. How can he do that? You don't know how great he is. I believe when I got the Holy Ghost, he come. I believe when my soul was born by the breath of God, I believe I received the personal coming of the Lord Jesus in my life. But I'm still looking for this body right here. Oh my. There is a literal Jesus Christ there that will future come in a body form to receive his church to himself. Amen. No matter how old the story seems, it's still the truth. God said so. Amen. That's what 
Ah. How many believers are going here now? Well, the rest of y'all. That's what believers believe. Well, then, folks who don't believe that quote, there's two other categories, unbelievers and make-believers. Oh, I know we don't like to get that straight with it. Hey, friends, if we don't believe he's coming, what hope is there left? Notice this again. In Shalom, 1964, every word that he promised will be vindicated, every one. If he is able to do it today after promising 2,000 years ago, if it's 100,000 years today, Jesus will return to earth in a visible body for a church, a redeemed, the bride, amen, and take her out of here. Amen. Has he come? Yes. But he did not do this. He did not come in this coming and take her out of here. Praise God. Regardless of what comes and goes, fashion say going on and people can wait on in total darkness and believe anything they want to. And they do. But Jesus Christ will return again. Praise be to God. Now notice the tense now. Notice the tense. This is after the seals now. This is after now. It's almost a year. Ten months. Eleven months. Since the seals has been open. Surely he would have enough time to recognize and say, you know what? It's already come. The blood's, the blood's done. I'm the seventh seal. I'm the coming of the Lord. I'm the blood. I'm the mercy seat. You know, preachers are preaching that the bride's things now. That Brother Ren didn't even preach until he was here that he was. But it ain't the real word, bride. It's the Catholic message, bride. Uh Uh-huh. Boy, we'll hear from this one, won't we? (laughs) Notice again, voice of the sign. Anything without an emotion is dead. Now, that didn't have anything to do with the coming of the Lord, but I just thought I'd throw that in there for good measure. Anything without emotion is dead. Any religion that hasn't got some emotion to it, I wish I could find that graveyard. <laughs> we need to bury some around here, don't we? It's dead. It brings. Now notice, the Holy Ghost is an emotion. The blood is an emotion. Jesus is an emotion. But it brings emotion. Don't you understand why Brother Brandon was blasting when he blasted that? When we're trying to make the Holy Ghost emotion and make the new birth emotion. No, it's not emotion. It brings it. It brings emotion. Praise God. He quickens us, but when we are quickened, let's remember what quickened us. What did it? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ in our midst showing himself that he is alive. Not a corporal body. When that time, that corporal body returns from heaven, time shall be. Oh, man. I thought time no more was 324.63. Here he's still quoting that time no more. Look, you knucklehead, there's going to be time in the millennium. Amen. 
time no more for what? The time of redemption is over. The book couldn't have been closed and the seals is open. I wasn't even saved. I was only a seven year old boy. Some of you was not saved. You're the reason there is a book. It's not making idol out of the book. What God's interested in is the names in the book. Why write the book when you're going to leave the people of the book out of the book? My time shall be no more. That's all of it. And we know the end, living in the last day. When these things are to take place, are to take place. Not already has, but are to take place. Jehovah Jireh. If you can just realize the very one that you serve and separated yourself from the world to serve, the very one that you love, the very one that's going to stand in the judgment, you in the judgment with him to be judged. If his presence can come right now and show that he's here. Now his corporal body can't do it. When that comes time is over oh so time wasn't over wow hmm I don't I don't there's something something wrong there uh, uh, I, I don't know why uh, my preaching sounds funny but somehow or another it, it don't sound right does it why got my foot sewed to my lips when you hear them say the coming's over, there ain't no more mercy See, They got their foot sewed to their lips. Blabber toes. Ignore them. Praise the Lord. It's just like the little chipmunk. Chatter, chatter, chatter. Chatter, chatter, chatter. But we just set our wings. Hallelujah. Right in the air of the revelated word of God and sail right on above the chatter, chatter, chatter. Oh, you're blind. You're this or that or the other. Say what you want to say. We're sailing in the blue. When that time comes, time is over. As the lightning cometh from the east unto the west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. Oh, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So we're still quoting this in 1964. Now remember, because this is a message question, I'm going to approach it from a message basis. You're not going to find this in the Scripture. Because you don't find Paul arguing with Peter. Peter, he ain't coming. You don't find James saying, Why, Peter, what in the world are you doing saying Jesus is coming? You know, all them believed he was coming. And there are apostolic fathers. I love this one right here in Paradox in Tampa. Notice the form of the rapture, how it will be. We meet one another. Notice the form of the rapture, how it will, future tense, how it will be, not how it has been. Well, Donnie, why are you hammering this? I'm going to hammer it so much. I'm going to give you so many quotes. If that devil does come to you, you're going to be like a D9 bulldozer. You're going to go right over the top of him and say, devil, out of my way. I'm going to bury you underneath these scriptures. I've done heard the truth of the word of God. Leave me alone, devil. You ain't taking my hope. You ain't taking my promise. My Jesus is coming back after me. Amen. So let's say it like this. The next time we're going to have a wedding at the church. And the groom-to-be texts his bride and says, I'm going to be there, invisible. 
Now, Brother Donnie will perform the vows and say the vows and all of that, and you'll be pronounced with me, except I won't be there. Well, I mean, I will be there, but I mean, I won't be there. Does that make sense, honey? He said, dear God, what if I married? So I come out of the office, me and the best man, and y'all are sitting there thinking, where's, oh, he's here, don't you see him? Out there? So I come up here like I normally do. We stand here and we're going through the ritual and the routine. All rise or all be seated, whichever it is. Then we go through the song. I just require and charge you both as you will answer at the day of judgment. If either of you know of any impediment, why you may not be lawfully joined together, let him speak for now, forever hold their peace. If there's anyone here who can show a just cause why these two may not be joined together. And people are sitting thinking, two? I only see one unless the preacher's mayor. I'm afraid that's the problem. The preachers is wanting to marry the bride. Uh huh. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe in an invisible union. Oh, yes. I believe that he slipped down here secretly. Oh, yes. But I also believe there's a literal Jesus and a literal heaven and a corporal body. I'm going to touch his hands and he's going to touch mine. That's the man I'm married to. I'm not just married to a spirit. God wanted to be a man because he made me a man and made you a man or a woman and he wanted to become that. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice this form of the rapture now. We meet one another before we meet him. I'd be wondering if you were there, and you're wondering if I was there, but the Bible said, we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent and hinder those which are asleep. For the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye and be caught up together with them. Oh, what a worship! It'll be at that time. Now called up together with them. Now we become part of that before that time comes catching up into the rapture. You're going to see your mother, your daddy, your husband, a child, which won't be a child. I mean, you may have a six-year-old child that died, but when you see them, they won't be six years old no more. Your mama might have been 95 when she died, but she ain't gonna be 95 when you see her. Come on, and they are not going to be invisible, not to the elect. You will actually see them. Imagine standing there before the mirror, brushing your teeth, trying to comb your hair and get ready to go to work or get ready to go to church. And all of a sudden, there stands an 18-year-old version of your mother, an 18-year-old version of your father or aunt or uncle or former pastor, whoever it is. It is not invisible. It is not something so spiritual that they're there and you don't know it. You need to be on TV. You need to be on some of these paranormal type stuff. We're not talking about a bunch of ghosts. We're talking about people that's been raised up and done got a glorified body and they will appear to you. Amen. And when you see them, you know it ain't going to be long. You're going to be changed in a moment yourself. You're not going to become a spirit. You're going to become a glorified body. Notice this, 4464 here the other day on an estimation showed that 
of the Protestant preachers throughout the nation don't believe in the literal second coming of Christ. So that spirit was here already when Brother Branham was here in 1964. Now the sad thing about it is that spirit which was in the Protestant preachers, the denomination, has now moved to some that's inside the message. I know, friends, we don't like to hear it this way, but we've got to bring it down to where it is. We're not exempt from these things. This is why we need to be warned. Don't you understand? Wow, what up with the dungeons that have to attack your message? Think about it. The devil was allowed to attack the original Alpha Bride. He was allowed to attack the original Word of God, the Alpha Word. He could not, he could not stand before God. He would say to God, you're unfair. You're not fair. You allowed me to attack every age and then you sent that prophet to restore the Word and then you wouldn't let me get among them to attack them to see if they really believed it. Boy, what did God do? God sent his prophet. He restored all the mysteries that was needed down to the end time and then God backed off a little bit and said, devil, you're move and what did he do he used some of the men that were standing right there at the tabernacle some of the ones brother Branham laid his hands on and called them brother and they started this doctrine and that doctrine and that doctrine don't you understand why it's a sign that the omega bride is on the earth Hallelujah! and the devil's coming back to attack that restored word we are truly in the last days but there will be a bride that he cannot pull away from this restored truth. Whew. Patriarch Abraham, 2764. That's all we care to know. God promised it. How's it going to be? I can't tell you, but God said so. He will send Jesus Christ a second time. He will come in a physical form. Notice, 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 notice. He will send Jesus Christ a second time. He will come in a physical form. He will claim his own. There will be 1,000 years millennium reign upon this earth with him, with the redeemed. That's what he promised and we are looking for that hour to approach. Praise God. That ain't got the mouth sewed to the lips or that ain't got the arm sewed up here to the nose. That's got the foot where it needs to be. That's got the arm where it needs to be. And that's going to get me where I need to be. And it's going to get you where you need to be. You go to the church of your choice, but I'm asking you to receive Jesus Christ. You'll probably never be no closer to him until you see him in person when he comes in his visible body from the heavens. Will you now accept him if you haven't already done it? Praise God. Listen to this. Let's go into space. Now the next thing happens is when it's all gathered up into that one person, Jesus Christ, bride and body, at the physical return of the Lord Jesus, making his three times when he was brought on earth, killed, crucified, raised up. 
manifesting himself in the form of his body, which is his bride, the woman. You get it? She is part of his body. So he's promised to come with three major event comings. That will be fanarios, appearings, and so on in between. Notice invisible union. We're going to step into a new day to the great millennium. That is one believer. I believe in a millennium. A millennium reign with Christ. A thousand years upon the earth. The physical return of the Lord Jesus to take a physical people glorified by his cleansing blood. Praise God. What is attraction on the mount? I absolutely love this one. We send greetings from the east coast to the west. To all our friends in Christ who's listening in, we send greetings over in San Jose, Brother Borders, a group up there. We send greetings up in the mountains, Prescott, Arizona, Brother Leo Mercer and his group there waiting for the coming of the Lord. We send greetings to those in Tucson that's gathering tonight, waiting for the coming of the Lord. Down into Houston, Texas, to those who are waiting for the coming of the Lord. Up in Chicago, to those waiting for the coming of the Lord. Up on the East Coast, New York and Connecticut, and the great groups up there that's waiting on the coming of the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Am I stuck here? Or is Brother Bram just saying this to deceive these innocent, sincere people? This is what he believes. We don't have room to seek them here. We've just send the word through the medium of the telephone uh, pre-internet. So those of you that want to blast internet preachers, Brother Brennan was using pre-internet then. Ooh, burn, sting, ouch. Oh, mm. We send greetings to Brother Junior Jackson tonight and his group down in Clarksville, Brother Ruddle on 62 and his group waiting for the coming of the Lord. Notice different preachers, different pastors, different states, different locations. But there's one thing all of them hadn't had in common. Did you notice? That he didn't say, they believe me. They love me. They believe me. They baptize in my name. They're looking to me. They're looking to me. They're looking to me. There's one thing they all had in common, which is the very thing which is trying to be taken away from us today. And we are ridiculed and made fun of because we believe it the way he said it. They all had one thing in common. What was that, Brother Jim? Waiting for the coming of the Lord. Well, may I say tonight to Brother Tim Pruitt and his group down in Louisiana, waiting on the coming of the Lord. May I say to Brother Mike Price and his group over in Arkansas, waiting on the coming of the Lord. May I say around the world, people of God, saints of God, black, white, red, yellow, Chinese, Japanese, Asia, all types of people, and they got one thing in common. What is that? They are waiting for the coming of the Lord. Oh, praise God. Brother Reddle up on 62 in his group, waiting of the coming of the Lord. And we're gathered here tonight at the home church, the tabernacle, waiting for the coming. Of course, many of the tabernacle people now would say, waiting for the coming of Brother Branham. They're off the word. The scripture don't say that he'll appear the second time for them that wait for Brother Branham. He'll appear the second time for them who's looking for Jesus. 
Every day all these folks get up looking for Brother Branham to come every day. You understand? They'll miss the coming of the Lord. Because they're not looking for the coming of the Lord. They're looking for Brother Branham. Oh, I plan on seeing Brother Branham too, but Brother Branham is not my hope. Paul is not my hope. Peter is not my hope. James is not my hope. The Lord Jesus is my hope. Praise be to God. Now notice this why Christ speak. A man asked me a few moments ago about the coming and the rapture. Now we know we've lived the time out at the time of the rapture is at hand. And then we're looking for a rapturing face that can pull the church together and give it some supernatural strengths that can change these bodies that we live in. How many needs to change? Some of y'all say, oh, you can't get your hands up, can you? Help, help your husband there, sweetheart. You, you, you wives, get there you go. Help, there you go. Get it over. I need a change, brother Donnie. Uh, we all need a change. This is our only hope. Notice again, across the nation will come those who are dead in Christ will rise first. The rapture will take place. The church will be taken home. And then the tribulation will set in. Oh my, we don't want to be here during that time. I don't want to be here in the tribulation. No, God forbid that any of us would ever be here during that time. Because he that's filthy is filthy still. He that is holy is holy still. He that is righteous is righteous still. The lamb had come forth with his book of redemption and the bride has been taken out. It was not that the book was open and the lamb left the mediatorial part in 1963 and then the blood moved over into the bride's heart. And then the bride become the mercy seat. And then if you get saved, you come to the bride. Whenever that time happens, you're gone. Well, glory. Y'all didn't act too happy about that. Notice again, Father, we believe that they're still more waiting and we're hunting for them. Tell about lost souls now. Send them in this time, Father. Grant it that they may receive Christ and be numbered among those elected that will be taken away in a great rapture. It's really deep. It's really spiritual. And uh, we really have to study hard. Uh, Brother Branham don't exactly say it that way. Shut up, blabber toes. It makes a lot of sense, don't it, for him to tell us to say what the tapes say. And they say what the tapes say, it really matter. And I will remind you, he didn't say play what they say, but say what they say. That's why I'm preaching tonight, because Brother Bram didn't tell me to play what they say. He said, say what they say. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Woo! Lord of mercy. Hell's having nervous breakdowns, ain't in strokes all over hell tonight. Lord Jesus, help us. Notice a rapture that lays in the future. Grant it, Lord. How can I overcome? Now it's the coming of the Lord Jesus. Those who are really loving his coming. I love this quote. Loving his coming, that's. Now friends, it ain't enough that you believe it. Most of you have sat right here tonight and you've raised your hands and you've nodded your heads and you've said amen. That won't put you in just because you believe it. We've got to be living for this coming. 
that's living for when he appears in the the church that's dead in Christ shall rise and those will be changed in a moment. The rest of them will know nothing about it. Remember, appeared to those in the city. The, the, the rapture will be like that. We'll see each other and we'll see them. We're going to see our loved ones changed and I'm going to see you, Brother Jim, as a young man. And I'm going to see you, Brother Terry, as a young man. And the rest of you, we're going to see each other as young people, you brothers and sisters. And you're going to see me as a young man. It's not so spiritual that there's not a natural, a tangible element to it. This is why I say this has not happened. But it's fixing to happen. The rest of the world won't see them. It'll be caught away. Oh, but you see, friends. Preachers are preaching that it's already happened and they're already in eternity. Enjoying the millennium. And those of us, of course, that don't say what they say, well, we're message people and we're in the Laodicean church age. And we've already missed the rapture. That's totally impossible. I'm one of the reasons there is a rapture. You're one of the reasons there is a rapture. God keep us balanced. Notice this, sirs and to Jesus, I truly believe we are facing some great event. It wasn't him getting a tent. It wasn't an auditorium. I trust it's the coming of the Lord. We know something's got to give away. Notice how he identifies what one of the signs would be with the coming of the Lord. The world is under too much tension. Lord have mercy, children. What in the world would he say now? So tension is identified with the coming of the Lord. I believe we're facing some great thing and I believe with all of my heart Brother Branham is still looking for the second. <clears throat> swallow it, Donnie, swallow it. Second coming of the Lord Jesus. You see, this is why I can smile and look out tonight. I got good sense. Because I believe what he believed. And I know what he believed took him in. I'm not so sure about what you believe. Uh, has any of y'all been to heaven and back? Really? Okay. I think I'll stick with a man who has. You see, all of those that want us to follow them, and they come say, well, we've we got this noon, we got that noon, we got that noon. As far as I know, none of them ain't been there and been back. And nobody gathered around them and said, well, you preach what Paul preached, and, uh, and Jesus is going to judge you, and you will be accepted. When you're accepted, we'll go into your teaching. As far as I know, that ain't happened to none of them. I think I'll just stick with this guy that, that's been there and back. I mean, he, I'm not talking about somebody that come from Kentucky. I'm talking about somebody come from eternity. Some others allowed to go beyond the curtain of time and see things. Oh, hallelujah. And then come back and tell us what was up. I, I believe I, I feel safe there. Mm. Let me close shortly. I can only see. Notice the date. 
11, 28, 63. I can only see one thing left. The coming of the Lord Jesus at any time. A rapture for the church where we're to meet him in the air. Now these things has got to come to pass in this day. Just as he promised it would. Token and Shreveport, we're living in a time when there's no hopes in politics. There is no hope in the future. The only thing lays is the coming of Jesus Christ. The coming of Christ to get his church. Oh, Brother Donnie, I I, want to be there. I want to be there. Friend, there's an assurance. If you have received the bride coming of Christ, your dip in the Holy Ghost, your portion of the token life, you're not going to miss this. Whether you're dead or alive, you're not going to miss it. You've done had your personal bride coming. (laughs) There is an assurance that comes with this token. Let's stand. Let me read one more here from There's a Man. Today, we're talking about Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian. But the chief mechanic is here. The designer of his work. Now, he, he breaks into this story here. Maybe you remember it and you'll remember it whenever I mention it to you. But it was a man that was driving his car. Him and his family was going down the road and his automobile tore up. Wasn't very old. So they come and tow it to a garage. Little mechanic gets under the hood and he twists this and does this and does something else and he's scratching his head and he goes and tries to do something else and come back out. Oh, he's just, you know, kind of pitching tools around. And a fine-dressed gentleman walks into the bay of the garage there and said, why don't you do this times this times this? So the little mechanic said, I never even thought of that. So he'd done that times that and he said, whenever he did, he said, it started. Well, he turned around, looked at him and said, who are you? He said, I'm the designer. I designed this engine. So in reality, what we've got is a lot of little mechanic preachers. And they got their little big lots ratchet set and they got their little, you know, yellow and orange screwdrivers and they got their little tonker toys and their little plastic hammers and man, a lot of them little plastic wire pliers and, and they're going around trying to fix everybody because everybody's wrong but them. I hate them tools from big lots. About the time you crank down on an 11 sixteenths bolt and you're putting a presser on that thing and that thing from China cracks, you lost four knuckles. And your sisters don't know what we're talking about. Well, some of you might. I don't know. Notice how he likens this. It's, to me, it's, it's paramount. The chief mechanic is here. Now notice he wasn't saying that we didn't, we wasn't tore up. Because God knows we just tore old pieces, Brother Jerry. I mean, we had parts laying everywhere. We had missing pieces. We had to muffler up on the, you know, where the wheel bearing ought to be. And we had to foot up here at the mouth and we was messed up bad. But the chief mechanic is here. 
the designer of his word, the man who created heavens and earth and designed his church. Does he know more about what it takes for the rapture or does the Methodist or Baptist church? Well, let me bring it right on down. Does he know more about what it takes for the rapture? Some of these know-it-all smart aleck message preachers that think they know how it ought to be. Who, who knows what it's going to take to put a bride in the rapture? The designer of the bride and the designer of the rapture. Amen. He don't get his tools from big lots. He don't use plastic vice grips. He don't use little made in China stuff. Oh, no. All his stuff is made in heaven. Oh, praise be to God. He knows exactly how to put that ratchet on your heart and ratchet you down. If you've got an adjustment attitude, he knows how to adjust your attitude. Come on, Happy Valley. He knows what it takes to get a bride ready to leave this world. Oh, my. Does he know more about what it takes for the rapture? Does the Methodist or the Baptist church know more about what it takes? He's the designer. He knows what it takes. He's a designer. He knows what it takes. He is well-dressed in the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. He is walking among us today in the power of his resurrection. He knows what it takes to put a church in rapture order. Well, you take a guy that's a shade tree mechanic and somebody told him, hey, buddy, I've got this problem. So you know what? You Google it. Why Google is almighty God to some people. If Google said it, it's got to be the truth. So I read it on the internet. Well, they say, how do you change plugs and how do you change the rotary button? And you go in and say, hey, man, they want to save me $5 of labor to do that down there to so-and-so place. I believe I can do that myself. And they get in there and they pull this plug wire off. Say, well, it all looked the same to me, but they don't realize there's a firing order for them cylinders. And whenever that piston goes up, and there's got to be a firing order where it goes back from there back to the distributor cap, if yours is an older model, and then it has a rotor button on the inside. And when it comes around and hits that, and the compression hits, and it causes the combustion to be able to... Y'all, y'all with me? That's the way the thing fires. So the pistons are going up and down, 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 like the crankshaft. And as it does, it's lubricating on the inside and makes a combustion on the top part of the piston. The valves open up, two per cylinder. The valves open up, and when it does, it creates a combustion. Then the exhaust comes out of the backside. Y'all still with me? All right, good. And then there's so shade trimming everything. YouTube. I'm going to top in this query here. How to go in the rapture. You pull up this guy here and say, you don't even need to go to church to go in the rapture. Boy, that sounds good, man. I can say, I don't watch football on Sunday, man. You don't need to pay time. Boy, that sounds even better. Man alive, you don't need to live right. Oh, praise God. I'm liking this more and more all the time. And what's that guy's name? Well, I got his play tapes. It's another one of them plastic screwdriver mechanics. Praise the Lord. God started his church out with preachers. He'll end it up with preachers. He could, have, he could have started out with tape players. It didn't make no difference to God whether tape players invented this day or the first century. Hey, friend, if we're going to get the literal voice of God, let's get it when the Lord Jesus was here. Let's just let the Lord Jesus do all the preaching. We'll play his and Paul's tapes for the right on down through the century. But he started it out with preachers, and he's going to end it up the same way. But a lot of people are running around in the message with little plastic toolboxes in you. Boy, I got that fixed. 
Crank it, brother. I don't believe that'll get us off the earth, will it? Sounds like one of them old Model A's. Oh, brother, that'll put us in the rapture, you sure? You can't even got enough power to get out of the driveway. And Lana said, no, you got that thing crosswired there. My goodness, you got too much. The choke is too rich. Back off the choke there. And said, come here. And oh, he brings over his plastic screwdriver and his little old power pliers. He said, here, now, I was around Brother Brandon myself. I mean, I went fishing with him a few times. And kind of with him a few times. Of course, I'm not bragging or anything like that. But I was one of the men that called my name on tape. Barney Fife, why don't you sit down? <laughs> But the chief mechanic is here. He knows how to make a bride ready for rapture order. So if the cylinders has got to be exactly right with the wire running to the right cylinder for the compression to hit. Oh, you don't need that no more. Get rid of this. Get rid of the spark plugs. And get rid of anything that God put in his church, we better not get rid of. We might need it. He knows what it takes to put a church in rapture order. He designed it. And he put the parts together here in the Bible. Amen. Just let the current flow through it. And watch it operate. Let faith, his promised word of today, flow through. You see how it happens? Why? He designed the thing. He designed his church by the word. Amen. That's what he puts together. Not by Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal organization, but by his word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen. So God wires it. He's got this octane gas in the, in the fuel tank. Diamond studs on the steering wheel. Doe skin leather. She's got both mechanics and dynamics. When God gets ready, you remember the prophet used the example, rising of the sun. And he said, when God starts it, it'll go, and he makes a sound. Praise God. It'll go right off the earth in a rapture. Why? The designer put it together. The mechanic himself. Praise God. Well, Sometimes he comes in looking like a pastor. Other times he comes in looking like an evangelist. Praise the Lord. He might come in in a black man's skin sometimes. Or a Chinese man or a Russian or whatever more. I really don't care about the color of his skin myself. What I'm wanting to know is how to get out of here. I'm listening for the designer. And all the God called men to preach, I'm listening for the designer. Ain't you? Don't you love him? Let me read more and more and we'll go. Shalom in Phoenix. It's coming a time when the light and darkness will have to be separated one from the other. Church and its order will be taken to the order of the day. And Christ in his light word promise will go in the rapture. That's the only thing left for them to do. It's a day, today, the dawn of a new day. 
for many who are looking for his coming. Look at the title of this sermon, Shalom. Good morning. To the world I say, it's nighttime, it's darkness. But to you I say, good morning. Shalom. Peace. Let's bow our heads together. Look, friends, if you find yourself missing licks and not hitting right, maybe you need to ask yourself the question, Lord, something wrong with me? Lord God, am I not applying what I'm hearing? Am I not doing my homework as it was? Help me, Lord Jesus. I mean, wants to leave this world in a rapture. There's a rapture order. As there is an order to mechanics, as there is an order to understanding engines and all these things that I've quoted to you tonight, there's an order for the rapture. And Satan will do his best to try to confuse us on what that order is. Well, this man's got the order. If you're going to be part of it, you better be part of his ministry. You better get his sermons. You better get this, that, the other. You've heard it before, and we'll continue to hear it. Myself, I want to hear from heaven. That is, if God uses Wes Willis, praise God. God uses Terry Horn, Daryl Ward, Joe Hara. God uses whoever he wants to use. I want to be able to hear the voice of God as God anoints a gift. You know how preachers are. Some of them work on the carburetor. Some of them may work on the brakes. Some of them may work on your lights. Some may work on this and that and the other. God will send different men through here, and they go different directions. But what is it? It's needs in our lives. That God, the Holy Ghost, the great mechanic, you know these preachers don't know what you need. They come in here and preach things that you've been going through. They don't have a clue what you're going through. It's a sign of the master mechanic. The designer himself is here to adjust your life. How many like to be remembered tonight? Oh, my. Remember the prophet when he preached us about the Cadillac? And he said that old Cadillac going down the road got water mixed up in the gas tank. It was a bloom, 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 bloom. Those of you that's ever drove a car that's had water in the gas, you know what that's like. Or one of your plugs fouling out or something going on with it. And it jumps and it jerks. And that's the noise that Brother Branham makes whenever he preaches this. Oh, I know it may sound natural and carnal to you. But it's a perfect example of a Christian life that is losing its power. He goes and says that it's carbon on the spark plugs. And if you know anything about the way an engine works. If the carbon gets between the gap on the spark plug whatever your spark plug is registered to be, 45 or 60 or 55 or whatever it is, then carbon gets between that little tip and the plug won't be able to fire. So that cylinder is going to miss. So when it's, it's time to miss, or fire rather, the carbon won't let it fire. All the load, everything is waiting on that to pull together. It's the same way with us as the people of God. I can't do it all. God's not wired the pastor to hit on all eight cylinders. But God's got you and you and you and you and you. Sometimes it's your time to shine. Sometimes it's a brother beside you to pull the load. But each of us have our place in the body of God. Then if we get a little bit of water there, we get a little bit of carbon there. Then when it comes your time, you're not there. And you throw more load on me. You throw more load on the brothers and sisters that's standing by you. Because in your cylinder come time and the, the fire was supposed to come from the distributor cap through the spark plug over to you. Oh, you hadn't prayed. You hadn't read your, read your Bible. You got a little cold on God. And the engine was sputter, 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 sputter. 
Oh, God, help each one of us. My, my, you want to be remembered tonight before the Lord. Not only here in the visible audience, but those of you that have streamed the service. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that as we look at our lives, there's so many simple illustrations that you used in the Word of God. You used nature. You used animals. You used botany life. When you were here, you could have so overwhelmed them by the words you used, but you said, consider the lilies. What a simple thing, yet so profound. I imagine some of those theologians that come to hear the prophet speak. And they would hear him take comparisons and compare the bride to a car and compare the foolish virgin to a car. And he made both of them Cadillacs. Both of them had diamond studs in the steering wheel. Both of them had polished tubs. Both of them had doe skin leather. But the difference was one had both mechanics and dynamics and the other one only had mechanics. And he would use it and illustrate it in such a way. Probably theologians thought, what a simpleton. What a pure simpleton that he would use such things. And a preacher standing up in the pulpit saying, pump it, pump it, pump it, pump. They probably thought, what pulpit manners. But Lord, it got the message across. We're able to identify. Lord, I pray you would help each of us tonight. Whether or not we want to admit to it, we've all had them pumpity pump times in our lives. Maybe there's some here tonight and that's where they are. They just don't, they can't pull the grade, Lord. They just don't have the power. Their engine may be rated at so many horsepower. But what good does that do if they're missing on this cylinder and that cylinder, water and the gas or whatever more? They just pull over on the side of the road. They're just about ready to give up. Lord, help us tonight, I pray. You're the designer of this bride. You're the designer of this word. Lord, we don't want to we don't want to take our life over to some denominational head and say, Sir, could you, could you fix me? I understand you've got a Baptist garage here. Would you care to fix me? Say, well, where, where do you go to church? Well, I, I've been going up sometimes that happy valley. Right there is your problem. That's a bunch of nuts up there. You need to let us rewire you and rebaptize you and get rid of this and that and the other. Cut that long hair off and get rid of this and that. Oh, they'd overhaul us all right. They'd have us tribulation bound before we knew it. Lord, if we've got problems, we want to be able to go to men of God who've studied this age and are led by the Holy Ghost, Lord. And they know how to tune up a modern-day car. Hallelujah. Help us, I pray, Lord Jesus. You see the needs of your people, Lord. I raise my hands. Look at me tonight, Lord. May my life be hooked up to your great scanning machine of the Word. See if there's anything about me, Lord, that displeases you. Help me, Lord God. We love you, Father. You love him, saints. Look at me. Something going wrong with Carol's car today, so I took it over to a mechanic. They found what the problem was, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, they're making these cars to where that they're making them more difficult and more difficult and more difficult for people like us to fix them. Because what they want, they want it to be where only GM and Ford and Chrysler authorized places will do the repair. 
He said, they're trying to put people like us out of business. So he said, if you have a software problem, he said, we'll have to go online and pay, pay so much money just for that little bit of information with a code which only will be there for, say, two to three hours. And then after that length of time, that code is gone. He said, they're trying to put us out of business. And I thought, my goodness, that's what the denominational thing is trying to do. You've all got to come back here. You've got to come. And then that same thing comes right inside of our ranks. If you want to go on the rapture, you've got to come over here to our garage. If you want to do this, you've got to come over here to our garage. And God just ignores the whole thing and raises up what some people would call shade tree mechanics. Gives them a, a real good ratchet made in heaven. A real good hammer made in heaven. A real good screwdriver made in heaven. And a real good God call mechanic can do more with them than a denomination can do in 75 years. And not only that, a message theologian. A God called man that the people will look at and say, Well, he ain't nothing but a shade tree mechanic. But yet the blind's receiving the sight. Amen. Cancer's being healed. Say what you want to say. The results speak for themselves. Come on, saints. That's the kind of God I want to serve. I want to find if the man is connected to the designer. Well, praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord Jesus a wonderful hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's sing something together, Harry. Praise be to God. How many is getting ready to leave this world? By the grace of God. Look, friend, if there's anything wrong with your life tonight, may the mechanic come in your heart. May he help you to line it up. May he help you to get this thing straightened out and situated in your life where you can focus on the coming of the Lord. I know you're under such stress. I know you are. I know there's so much to pray about and there's so much going on, but don't lose sight of what we're here for. We're not here just to live and just to exist and to pay our bills and to get by from week to week. We are here for a divine purpose to serve God. We're here to hear this word in order to get ready to leave this world. Let me read this to you and go and be on the camp. Think of it. Missing people. They can't see you no more, but you're getting together with the rest of the group. They which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or hinder them which are asleep. Hinder the word is, he said, those which are asleep, not dead. No, Christians don't die. They're just taking a little rest, see, that's all. The trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first and appear to many. And all at once, you happen to stand and look, and well, well. That's, that's Kentucky lingo. Well, well, there's a brother, and you know it ain't long. In a few minutes, we'll be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and together with them, be missing on earth, called up to meet the Lord in the air. I don't mind telling you, that's going to be something. Can you imagine you're standing there one moment and you're visible and all of a sudden you become invisible to the natural people that are around you. You are missing on the earth. You have disappeared, as it were. Getting together with the rest of the group. And then we're going to see this lovely Lord Jesus. Let's sing. God bless you, saints.
Oh, yes, Lord. Things down here in God. They ain't got no hold on you and me. me. I'm not worried about Thank you, Jesus. Because I know oh, He's ready to come.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray we would never, as long as we live, ever forget these things we've heard tonight. Help us to realize we are not free from enticing demon spirits. People don't realize it many times, but demons travel on false doctrines. God, I pray you would help us keep our hearts virgin, keep our hearts pure, true before you, Lord Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts, and it's our greatest desire to see you, Lord Jesus. May we be ready. May there not be a one of us missing at that day, Lord, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Turn, shake somebody's hand, tell them it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. If you're looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus, go ahead and tell them, I'm still looking for him. Brothers, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him, brothers and sisters. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be part of that great rapture. Praise be to God. Let's sing it together, the same song. Lord willing, I'll see you again this weekend. Let's have a brief meeting with the trusted brothers after church, if we, if we could, just for, just for a few moments. God bless you. Go in the fear of God. Don't let your troubles, your heartaches, your difficulties steal away from you. The most precious thing in your life is fixing to happen after your new birth. He's fixing to come. But remember, it's always the darkest hour. When Jesus comes along, I've seen all this world I want to see. Satan's down here, ain't got no hold on me. I'm not worried about the environment because I know he's ready to come. I'm ready to go. like everybody in this age we live is blind and wretched and naked they don't even know what right and wrong is anymore but God sent this prophet of Malachi 4 to point us to Jesus and he's the same forevermore seems like everybody
Sometimes it seems like everything goes wrong I just sit around and cry and sing sad songs Then he whispers in my ear and lets me know I'm ready to come, get ready to go It seems like everybody's talking about heaven go along, you better be a believer. I got a feeling someday soon we'll be leaving. If you're gonna ride the train, you better not be slow. He's ready to come. Are you ready to go? He's ready to come. Are you ready to go? He's ready to come. Go. It seems like everybody's talking about heaven If you want to go along, you better be believing I got a feeling someday soon we'll be leaving If you're gonna ride the train, you better not be slow He's ready to come I'm ready to go, he's ready to come, I'm ready to go.